Welcome to Girl Power. We are the Bad and Bougie Boss Ladies on a phenomenal journey to help you discover your power, passion, and purpose at the convergence of love, romance, and finance. I'm your host, Kisi Monique, along with my co-host, Kertisha, Cherie, and Christian. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time for a half hour of girl power, empowered to be her. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share. Good morning. Welcome to Girl Power. I'm your host, Kesey Monique, authoress, coach, instructor, and trainer. This series will entail eight segments of confidence. Each week, I'll be bringing you a new message on confidence. This week, we're going to talk about the pillars of unshakable confidence and why it's important. The first pillar of unshakable confidence is experiential confidence. This is primarily based on experience of an attitude about your skills and abilities that has been established repetitiously over time. So for example, I was a teenager. I've talked about this in one of the books that I've written where there was a time where I had to figure out how I was going to eat. My mother was on drugs and my father, he was an ambivalent guy. However, I had to figure out how I was going to eat. I lived in a house with my aunt, her daughter, my other aunt. I can't remember how many kids she had at the time. And then her children's father. And then it was my uncle, his now wife. I want to say they've been married over 30 years now. And then their one daughter. It was a lot of us. Nonetheless, every man was for himself. My aunt made that apparent when she bought groceries for her daughter, primarily her daughter. And she said, don't nobody touch these groceries. These are for my daughter. Nonetheless, I was 15. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know to go to school officials and say something. I, I had no clue. I didn't know what this life could yield. I did not know. So I remember doing this one girl's hair from school. She told me she loved the hairstyle. It was it was actually beautiful. It was, um, we called it French braids back in California. So her hair was French braided into a ponytail. The hairline was not exactly even with hers, but the braids were nice and she loved it. But she said that she wouldn't be coming back because it took entirely too long to complete the hairstyle. And I understood I was a newbie. So after discussing this with my aunt, she graciously went out and bought me a doll and made some suggestions on how I could get the hair closer to the hairline without breaking it off or causing hair loss or any type of alopecia around the hairline. And I ended up using that technique for years and years to come. And literally, I have not had one person ever come back and complain about their hairline being broken off or having any issues with alopecia. I think the difference for me in my learning process was that I made sure to love my clients here in what I loved to do. After 
practicing and practicing and practicing and experimenting, I ended up loving the process that I was in. I ended up loving how the work was coming out. And it was evident. It was apparent. It was amazing. And it became an art. And in that, I began to develop confidence. Now, just think for a minute. She gave me constructive criticism, but it was her choice. She opted not to come back. And I respected that. But just think for a minute how sometimes we fall off the bandwagon because we stop right there. If I had listened to her at that moment, left things the way they were, I would not have made another move. But what I learned is going forward, I could have asked what can I do better? Can you give me another opportunity? You have to employ customer service into these things. Customer service is something that is used in every area of life. How do you want to be treated as a customer? If you go into Walmart, you go into Best Buy, whatever store, Target, you go into Macy's, you go into Bloomingdale's, whatever store it is. How do you want to be treated as a customer? Do you want that first class stellar service, then give that out to people who you deal with. It it does come back. I can guarantee you that. I can't tell you when it'll come back, but it does come back. Nonetheless, that's one of the things that I learned going forward. In studying about confidence and building my own confidence, I decided to write a book and I'm actually developing a course on this that will be available very soon. So ladies, get with the program. You definitely don't want to miss out on this. This is coming soon and you are going to be, when I say thrown back at where you were as opposed to where you are as opposed to where you're going. You are going to be so amazed. And when I say fire, that is such an understatement to where your confidence level will shoot through the roof. So we talked a little bit about the first pillar, which is experiential confidence. One of the things I want to touch on in the goals for each pillar, where in your life do you believe failure started? Because this is one issue that I know for a fact that I have dealt with in conjunction with me dealing with it. I know that there are hundreds of thousands and probably millions of women who have had to deal with issues of failure. Put it this way. I went to the orthodontist a few weeks ago for a consult and talked about getting my braces put back on because I'm just not satisfied with how my teeth came out. It's been five years and something's not quite right. So I felt like I needed to upgrade the type of orthodontist because once I get these put back on and go through the process and taken off, I don't want to go back in the braces again. So we talked and everything and the lady who did my consultation very nice, amazing person. I mean, her energy was off the charts. I mean, she was so structured in her tone and like we were just so in sync. It was crazy. Well, anyways, she began to talk about things in her personal life and we began to share that moment in time. And looking at someone, they don't always look like the hell that they've been through. Let me say that again. Looking at someone, 
They don't always look like the hell that they've been through. What you see is their glory. But if you sit down with them, let them tell you their story to give you a deeper understanding. They went through some things. This is why in the Bible, it tells us not to covet. Don't be envious of what the next person has. Work for what your destiny is to be for you. Now, that's not to say that if you see a nice car or a nice home that you like, that you can't get ideas and work to get those things for yourself. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that if you... Basically, if you don't put in the work, if you don't make the effort, and if you don't make it happen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you're not feeding your soul, if you're not feeding your spirit man with the things to help your spirit man grow, you're basically just a bump on a log. In essence, you don't want to live your life like that because you're not fulfilling God's purpose. You're not fulfilling your destiny. It's not going to drop in your lap. It comes with hard work. Now, in pillar one, why I wanted to focus on where in life do you believe that failure started is oftentimes we tend to think, and this is just collectively as a human race, we tend to believe that because something didn't work out once or twice, we failed. But guess what? Even if you go to school, you have an opportunity to bring up a grade. If you leave it there and if you never try again, Yes, you failed. I don't care if you tried 10, 15, 30, 100, 50, 11 times. However many times it takes, if you know that this is destined to be a part of your destiny, don't quit. Failure is not your destiny. It is not your option. It doesn't matter if it's a relationship, relationship with people, relationship with friends, relationship with family members, whoever. Now, if a person blatantly says to you they don't want to be with you, and if they're showing you signs, if they're showing you red flags, I'm not talking about those people. The red flags pop up in all types of relationships. So don't limit that to just romantic relationships. But I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. I talked about the day I met my Boaz. So my husband came for me and he was smooth. That brother was smooth. Oh my God. Let me tell you. And he did it in such a subtle way, but he knew what he wanted and he was not going to stop until he got me. But the thing is, I reciprocated the same thing. Once I had a conversation with him, I was in, I, I was there. Like he had my heart at that point. Things progressed really fast for us. I'm not saying, oh, jump in head first and just make things happen and just go, 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 go. That's not what I'm saying. You have to go at your own pace. This is what happened for us. Now, disclaimer, situations that are dangerous, situations that are volatile or explosive, I urge you and plead with you to avoid. Those are not situations that I'm talking about. I'm talking about things that are good, healthy, and things that will bring life to your situations. Okay, so let's move on. So the failure in life. So that is one of the areas that is in the course. The course is very detailed. It comes with a fillable journal and that type of stuff. It's absolutely stunning to look at. You'll start off with the 30-day self-assessment, and then you'll move into the first course. Like It is amazing. 
You don't want to miss this, I promise you. So another segment, and I'm speaking actually from the course. Tune in, I promise you, you don't want to miss out. Another segment I talk about is the difference between failure and the process. So the definition of failure based on Google is an unsuccessful person, enterprise, or thing. The omission of expected or required action the action or state of not functioning. Now, remember, I said, if you don't try, it doesn't matter if it takes you 150,000 times. If you know that this thing could be your grade, it could be a career you're going for, it could be the type of relationship you're going for, it could be the type of village that you want to cultivate for yourself, because we all need a village. Don't Stop. Don't quit. Don't settle and don't compromise. If you let up off of that thing, if you just give up, if you just throw it to the back burner, that in essence is a failure. On the flip side, there's the process. So according to Google, the process is a series of mechanical or chemical operations on something in order to change or preserve it as an unintended part of a course of action. A series of actions, motions, or operations leading to some result. So in this course, in one of the lectures, I define all of this information. It is important to note that what the world calls failure is actually a learning curve. Again, it only becomes a failure if you do not function. If you allow that thing to overtake you and you no longer try. Even if you put it on the back burner, take a sabbatical and say, I'll get back to it another day. Might be a couple of years, but as long as you don't quit, keep the momentum. Even if you have thoughts about it, write down those thoughts, do an inventory, take a survey of what may have went wrong or did not go according to plan. If you had a plan, if you didn't have a plan, that's a problem. But we want to make sure that you have a plan, your blueprint for moving forward. Number two, the second pillar is emotional confidence. Emotional confidence refers to the kind of confidence that you can turn on and off at will. So how that goes is basically when you see a situation, it could be in your office, it could be even in your home, and you know that it's going to take a little bit of extra muscle, you might not even feel like being intertwined with it at that moment, but you can literally embrace the moment Turn on that emotional confidence. You can encourage, uplift, inspire another person to be or do something great for themselves in that moment. And once you're done, you can literally turn it off. Sometimes it can be draining, especially if you have a person who is resistant to advice, whether good or bad. They may not want to hear what you have to say. 
They may not want your advice for whatever reason. It could be mental health. It could be a number of things. So one area in emotional confidence that I discuss in the course is how does emotional confidence play a role in your destiny? Now, these are questions that only you can answer. I can't answer this for you. I could only answer this for me. So you have to define that for yourself. How does it play a role in your destiny? Because there's going to be people that come in and out of your life, different seasons and different reasons. So you have to depict how and what and when you're going to turn on and use your emotional confidence. So in the journal section, I talk about the learning objectives. Basically, you want to assess and journal about your body, your current body language and mindset. Now, when I say body, I'm not talking about how your body looks or how you're shaped. I'm talking about the inner part of your body. Are you feeling moments of anxiety? Are you feeling like, oh my God, I'm so nervous, you know, to the point where your stomach hurts or your hands are clammy or you're getting a headache or something like that. That's what I'm referring to when I talk about body, your body language. Are you open? Are you closed off? Where are you in that moment? And your mindset, what does your mindset look like right now? Because a lot of times we get lost in what was instead of moving forward in what is supposed to be and what shall be. The next part of that is journal about how emotional confidence plays a role in your destiny, which I just talked about. And then there's some and then there's some course affirmation exercises for you to complete. I'm not even going to spill the tea on those. You got to get the course if you want to know exactly what it's about, but I can guarantee you this is amazing. It's nothing that I haven't done and it's nothing that I wouldn't do again if I felt I needed and when I felt I needed. The third pillar is self-esteem. Self-esteem is the deepest level of confidence and it is the true definition of unshakable confidence. So we know oftentimes our self-esteem suffers because maybe somebody told us we were ugly. You've heard the statement, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So you just might've been ugly to that person. Maybe something you did was ugly and they thought that made you ugly. They may not have clarified it. Maybe they just thought your outer appearance wasn't particularly beautiful to them. Whatever the case is, you don't have to live in that. But I get it because it does tear down our self-esteem. It does make us feel a certain way. One young lady I know, she has an issue with her nose and she will talk about how it just pains her for someone to talk about her nose. And when her and her paramour get into verbal altercations, that's one of the things that he brings up, how big her nose is. For her, it takes her to a place of darkness. Yeah, she can get a nose reduction. What is it called? Rhinoplasty surgery. I have a thing about cutting in my face. I don't want no one cutting in my face if they don't have to. I I think my nose is a little big myself, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> It has not been a problem for me. 
I mean, if the doctor says, you know, hey, you know, due to sinus pressure and this, that, and the other, we need to reduce the skin around this area or whatever. Okay, I can see that. But just going to cut on my face, I don't want nobody just cutting on my face. I don't want any lip injections. I don't want anything else cut on on my body. I've had plenty of surgeries to correct things that were out of place. I've never had enhancement surgeries. Yeah, that's, that's a bit much for me. But to those who do it, there's no pun. It's just not for me. Nonetheless, with self-esteem, I talk about three areas that I want a person to really hone in on. So when they're doing the journal assignment, they will type or write out their personal beliefs. They will type and write out their morals and values, and they will type and write out their standards and boundaries. And why is this important, Kesey? Why do we got to do this? Listen, have you ever watched the show Ready to Love with Nephew Tommy? One of the things I can appreciate about him is he said to one of the gentlemen who told him, you know, well, uh, this is what I do. I mean, you know, uh, I'm this way. And, you know, he started talking about whatever kind of way he is. Now, check it out. When you go on these different shows, you're going because obviously what worked were didn't work in the past is why you're here. So the process is what you have to go through to get to a new result. That's why this is important. So nephew Tommy, he told him straight up, he said, so what didn't work for you in the past ain't going to work for you in the future. You're here for the process. And the man, he was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But he still didn't continue the process as scheduled or as planned, he eventually was released from the show. So he didn't get to go through the rest of the process. And plus, people didn't connect with him very well. He was released from the show. And basically, the ladies were saying mainly he's the type of guy that's just a homie. So they couldn't feel a romantic connection to try to move forward in a new realm, if that makes sense. Don't be that person that does not define your standards and your boundaries or your morals and values or that you just lay your self-esteem to the side because you're so interested in pleasing everyone else that you go without. I got something juicy that I'm going to leave you with, but before I exit, I want to talk about the learning objectives in the self-esteem module of Pillar 3. One of the things that's vitally important is knowing your beliefs, morals, and standards. In this, I want each student that participates to establish three primary boundaries. This is what is at the tip top of your list that you will not compromise on at all. This could pertain to a paramour. This could pertain to a career. This could pertain to a neighborhood that you want to live in, a car you want to drive, family relationships, whatever. You set the tone. Get this one. You want to incorporate self-care therapies into your self-confidence. Why is this important, Kesey? I mean, I care about myself. Listen, caring about yourself and 
utilizing self-care therapies are two different things. That's great. You care about yourself, but sometimes we don't care about ourselves enough. We let people walk all over us. We allow people to just say things to us. And oh my God, when I tell you I am 100% guilty, I have done that. And I have really worked to turn that around. It takes some strength to build that muscle in that area. You have to utilize it often. Whenever someone decides they're going to try your nerves, you have to come with it. And you have to say something right then and there instead of allowing it to blow over and blow over and blow over. Because what that does to you is the pressure cooker effect where if you have ever used a pressure cooker, especially one from the 70s and 80s, let me tell you. Those things were powerful and the pressure that lies within, if you don't release the pressure the right way, it could be explosive. Yes, I said it. It could be explosive. Listen, and I'm talking to me first. Do not allow yourself to put down your self-esteem for no one. I will go back to the airplane effect when the stewardesses are standing there as the plane is preparing for takeoff and they tell you if the cabin pressure drops and the mask come from the ceiling, put the mask on you first. They tell you that because if the cabin pressure drops and your air quality is low and you're barely able to breathe, how do you think you're going to help the next person? It's the same concept in life. When you are implementing self-care therapies, if you do not choose to take care of you first, people will soak the life out of you. They'll choke it out of you if they have to. Because guess what? know you're a nice person. They know you're going to give and give and give until it hurts. And then they give nothing back in return, but grief, headache, and heartache. Now it's time for you to make a choice. Is your self-esteem important to you or are you going to keep laying it by the wayside? Lastly, this is the juicy one that I was talking about. You don't have to wait for the course to do this, but you can because the journal pages are very detailed and it asks specific things of you in those areas and for you to write down or type out exactly what you're doing in this area. So what this juicy mumbo jumbo is, choose three things that scare you and do them. I was mentoring a lady who told me she always wanted to get a makeover. She was afraid how it might make her feel. She was afraid that she would not be satisfied with the results. I told her, uh-uh, uh-uh, sister. No, 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 no. Go do it. Go do it. Invest in you. It is essential. It is imperative. And you have to do it because you now have the thought. You've spoken it out of your mouth. Now you have to do it. Trust the process and trust that it will be great. And if it's not great, guess what? Go back to that person or group of people who did your makeover and let them know what you didn't like and ask them to redo it. And she was like, oh, okay. She was like, I didn't think of it that way. I said, I know. That's why I told you. She was going through a lot of stuff in her personal life. But I told her, you will not sit on this. So that was one thing that scared her. It terrified her. You might want to sing. You might want to dance. You might want to, I don't know, travel the world. 
whatever it is, pick three things that scare you and do them. Don't hold back. Figure out what you need to get it done and let's move forward. And I'm talking to me too. There's three things. I mean, there's more than three things, but I'm talking about your top three things. It could be on a bucket list. I don't know. Wherever you have it in your mind, go back to that disclaimer. Not something that's dangerous, not something that will compromise your safety or your life or the safety and life of those around you or in your household or even in your neighborhood. Not talking about anything in that nature. Literally, I'm talking about something that's fun, enjoyable, and that will add to the quality of life that you now have. Confidence, ladies. Building unshakable confidence. When we return next week, we will talk about the importance of having confidence in your life. That concludes this week's segment of Confidence. Girl power. Stand in your power. Pursue your passion. Define your purpose. And as always, keep it pretty in pink.